97.1 FM, The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. You can measure a band's success in hit songs and album sales, of course. And then there are the bands with real longevity, which is so difficult to attain. It's hard to keep a band of musicians together through the years, through the highs and lows, through the boredom of the road, the separation from families back home, the whole nine yards. And oftentimes, these struggles are insurmountable. Bands call it quits. Get on with their lives apart from one another, leaving behind only the recorded work and the memories of what it took to get there. The ability to change is key for maintaining a vital musical unit through decades of working together. To transform musically, stylistically, and to ultimately signal out to the world that those changes are a mirror to themselves and to their fans. If there's a song that marks that transformation in the long career of the band U2, it's the song One, recorded through personal and interband struggles that almost broke the band apart and released on their 1991 album, Octung Baby. If you like this episode, give it a like at the end and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Without having recorded Octung Baby, their seventh album, U2 may have very well called it quits after 1988's Rattle and Hum. For a band that got together in Dublin, Ireland as teenagers and signed to a major label just a few years afterward and had gone on to incredible success in the 80s, they found themselves in a peculiar place by the start of the new decade. Running out of steam and totally exhausted from touring, there were things going on at home. Bono was a new father, while the Edge's marriage to his high school sweetheart was falling apart. Pushing forward, looking for new inspiration, the band took a page out of David Bowie's playbook and headed to Berlin, to Hansa Studios, where Bowie had recorded the album Heroes in the aftermath of his own personal and professional struggles in the 70s, situated in view of the Berlin Wall. When U2, along with their producers Daniel Lenoir and Brian Eno, the same Brian Eno who had worked with Bowie in Berlin, and Flood, their engineer, landed in Berlin to go to work on new material, it happened to be on the day of German unification, November 3rd, 1990. The entire country was celebrating the fall of the wall and Germany's return to being one country after 41 years, divided no more between East and West. Truly the dawn of a new day. They were all swept up in that joyous feeling flooding the streets of Berlin, hopeful that it meant a new dawn for them as well. And it would, 
but not after an unprecedented amount of questioning and inner struggle for the band members. In fact, Bono described the experience of working together through this time as building their own wall right down the middle of Hansa Studios. The musical landscape had gone through some changes, for one. Bono and The Edge were interested in incorporating new sounds that they were hearing at the time. Club music, the Madchester dance rock of bands like the Happy Mondays, and hip-hop sounds. While bassist Adam Clayton thought that all of that was outside the band's proverbial lane, and drummer Larry Mullen Jr. was understandably not too happy about the idea of using drum machines and synthesizers on their songs. The way the band had always recorded up to that point was to work together for long periods of time in rehearsal and then form the songs together as a unit. But by incorporating the electronic elements, Clayton and Mullen Jr. felt left out of the process and got resentful. It was new territory for them in every way. They soldiered on, however, and somehow came up with the song Mysterious Ways through all this. And it was from that song, while The Edge was still tinkering around with the guitar part, that Daniel Lanois heard something and suggested that The Edge save some of the guitar chords he was still playing around with for a new song. The Edge played those chords on an acoustic guitar for the rest of the band, and they all joined in. The roadblock was lifted, tensions eased, and that new song became One. In their case, Bono has said that it was a song they wrote that they needed to hear. One is actually a song about discord and division against a veneer of reconciliation and unity. Lyrically, Bono is hurling unanswered questions into the air without ever giving any answers. It's not a love song, but at the same time, it is. It isn't about any one particular person or event, but it can do that magic trick that the best songs do of making us as listeners think of a specific person or of a time in our lives. It's not a breakup song, although it very nearly was for the band who wrote it. At its heart, one is a painful but necessary conversation. And the enigmatic beauty of it lies in those same unanswered questions. When it came time to write the chorus, Bono recalled a written exchange between himself and the Dalai Lama, who had invited the band to perform at a benefit concert, but they declined. And Bono wrote back, signing off by saying that they were one, but not the same. And there's the key line in the entire song. The tone of the lyrics is like the end of a long argument, when you're worn out and almost resigned to the fact that you may never get on the same page with the person you're fighting with. One starts with its questions, and the lyrics go like this. Is it getting better, or do you feel the same? Will it make it easier on you now? You've got someone to blame. You say one love, one life, when it's one need in the night. One love, we get to share it. Leaves you, baby, if you don't care for it. Marriages were falling apart, 
friendships were in question, the world was changing. Lots to argue about, then and now, as ever. And that, too, has a lot to do with the longevity of this particular song. And it goes on. Did I disappoint you or leave a bad taste in your mouth? You act like you never had love and you want me to go without. It's too late tonight to drag the past out into the light. We're one, but we're not the same. We get to carry each other. One. How many times have you had this same thought, that you're just past fighting with someone? But when Bono sings, we get to carry each other, he's saying it not like it's a chore, as in, we've got to carry each other, but a privilege, like, we get to carry each other through this rough patch here. That's the other magic trick that this song does. An evolution that occurs in the lines when the proverbial ice seems to melt. And it goes on with more questions. Have you come here for forgiveness? Have you come to raise the dead? Have you come here to play Jesus to the lepers in your head? Did I ask too much, more than a lot? You gave me nothing, and now it's all I've got. We're one, but we're not the same. We hurt each other, and then we do it again. And isn't that the very human part of being in a relationship of any kind with anyone? There will invariably be some hurt feelings along the way. There's such a power in realizing that we're one, but we're not the same. It's just about the most real description of the human experience that you can put into just a few words. And the song ends with a series of statements about love and life that are questions all their own. You say love is a temple, love a higher law. You ask me to enter, but then you make me crawl. And I can't be holding on to what you've got. When all you got is hurt. One love, one blood. One life, you've got to do what you should. One life with each other, sisters, brothers. One life, but we're not the same. We get to carry each other. One. Fair to note that on this song, Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen Jr.'s fears of being left out were unfounded. The personnel is the same as it was when you 2 started out. Bono on vocals, The Edge on guitar, Clayton on bass, and Mullen Jr. on drums and percussion. With additional keyboards provided by Brian Eno and a second guitar provided by Daniel Lanois. No matter that the Octoon Baby album ushered in a new era for the band, with Bono embracing the rock star ethos that he had denied up to that point, and the sound of U2 evolving to include the electronic sounds that had entered the pop landscape, one did the odd job of being pure classic U2, reflecting the band like a mirror perfectly. You two have performed this song in most of their concerts since its release in 1991. And along the way, the song has grown in different ways. Bono has been known to throw in an extra verse or two, and the meaning of the song changes as time goes on. When it was released as a single, proceeds benefited AIDS research, 
And Bono eventually named The One Campaign, a nonprofit he co-founded in 2004 to fight poverty and disease, after the song. It's been performed by the band at benefits for 9-11, for Bosnia, for Tibet, for Nelson Mandela, at Live 8, and for Hurricane Katrina, when the band brought Mary J. Blige on stage for the second verse. She brought the house down with her interpretation of the lyrics, which she said represented a broken promise to poor people who've gone through so much. She later covered it with U2 on her own seventh album. And among others who've interpreted this song, the late Johnny Cash covered one and delivered the lines with all of his inherent gravitas. Rolling Stone put it at number 36 on its 500 greatest songs of all time list. One is so powerful because of its ability to find new places to resonate in as the world keeps changing. It's a song that's both wounded and healing, always asking questions that sound different each time they're presented, with a surging musical beauty that swells underneath the lyrics like a wave out in the ocean. And most of all, one does the ultimate service that really great songs do. About all those questions asked and then left unanswered within the lines, Bono says simply, on this one, the listener finishes it. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks, as always, to Christian Lane for the music you hear on these podcast episodes. If you like it, don't forget to hit subscribe at the end and check us out on TikTok, too. You can find me on the air weekdays from 9 to 2 Central in Chicago at 97.1 FM The Drive, Chicago's Classic Rock, and at WDRV.com. And on the way, much more classic rock and roll. <laughs>